All right, everyone. I'm Nick, and I'm here with Ruby Wilmus, and she has a message from Mark Riddle Photography. What is the deal? I have a headshot special that expires September 31st. $100 off a regular headshot session fee, two looks, private gallery, two retouched images. Update your headshots now with fresh pics of your latest look. Limited session times available. Email him or DM him on Instagram and mention the 2021 headshot special. That's Mark Riddle Photography. Contact him and check out the link down below. Hi, everybody. This is Nick, and I will let you know that I will be at FallCon Saturday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pre-sale tickets are available. They're $12 and then $15 at the door. Children under nine get for free. Come see me and a lot of my other artistic friends and previous guests of the show show off their works. And I will be there too, selling my comic book, The Green Way, and promoting the show. Come see me, Fall Con, at the Minnesota State Fairgrounds, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Okay, with Matt. Matt knows it's dedication time. So, Matt, what would you like, or Matthew, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? So, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my girlfriend, Anna, my mom, Krista, my dad, Dennis, and my sister, Angela. Are those all people you watch movies with? Yes. There you go. All right. It's very fitting. All right, we're back. Uh, today we have Matthew Lidke, film critic. So how long have you been a film critic? Sure. So I started back in 2008. I uh, started when I was in college at Rainy River Community College. I um, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, I guess. I was always pretty good with English and things like that. And I always knew I loved movies. I was probably the one in my friend group who probably was more into watching movies, <laughs> listening to the DVD commentaries, uh, yeah. behind the scenes things, uh, than playing video games. And about 2008, I was um, getting more into listening to film criticism because on the internet, it had so much more access than right. yes. just our hometown newspaper. What, you know, we didn't get the Strib or the Pie Press. It was just a small town in northern Minnesota, International Falls. Up north. Yeah. As yep. we say, right. Right on the border. <laughs> right on the border of Canada. And, um, and so... Uh, started listening to one in particular, Spill.com, which was an Austin-based uh, movie review uh, series. It was uh, hosted by um, uh, four four guys. Um, one of them actually is now a, a film writer. He wrote, uh, was a co-writer on Doctor Strange, um, Robert Cargill. Okay. And um, I was really, really interested in the way they were able to, you know, make film criticism very inviting and very um, welcoming, but at the same time keep it intellectual, talk about things that were, um, you know, specifically um, about the filmmaking process and the film industry and things like that. So I got inspired and just kind of started my own website. And um, yeah. yeah, 2008 and... I was seeing every movie I could. Um, and then when I went to Moorhead to Minnesota State University, I kind of continued that. I'd see f- four movies on a Friday and then I'd review them on Saturday. Um, and, you know, it's been like that ever since. I try to see all the movies I can. Um, yeah. 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 Do, do, when you critique movies, mm-hmm. do you critique it as you're watching or do you let it 
you know, wait a little bit or yeah i like to have some time you know obviously when you're in a film and you're watching it and um you know people who critique movies you know there's obviously some wheels spinning in your head you know about right. certain things but um but no i usually let uh you know i usually try to let some time pass before i'm really um you know settling on what i think obviously there are some movies that i come out and i'm like i know exactly what i'm gonna write about this <laughs> and then there are those that i'm like oh, i have to wait a bit but um you know usually it's it's um it usually is a day or two before i write the reviews you know i i you know go home and take the night and the next day and then i'll go to a coffee shop and write them out um write out all my feelings and stuff like that so i appreciate because it, it takes i think doing instantaneously like like a, like a mm-hmm. lot of from film critics yeah. do like yep. i want to kick it out i want to be the yeah. first well yeah. yeah and i think it's more appreciative that if you let it just deflate for yeah. a little bit and yep. think about it absolutely in fact even the great ones are like i'm still thinking about this mm-hmm. one right yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where can people find your website? Absolutely. We'll put the link down below. Yep. But. Yep. So uh, my website is Matthew Lidkey on film.com. Um, you know, before I was, um, my original website was called After the Movie Reviews because um, it was very much a thing where where me and my friends would be uh, talking for a good 30 minutes in the theater parking lot about movies. And I just kind of had this sense of like, you know, you know, having those instantaneous reactions, but, um, you know, I kind of wanted to get my name out there more. So I kind of just started using my own name for it and put that on my, uh, website. And, um, yeah, I, I kind of made that change when I started kind of working professionally as a journalist. Um, as I also write and work for the Bemidji pioneer newspaper. Um, and before that I was in Wapton, which is on the border of Minnesota with Breckenridge, Minnesota. Okay. Um, and I was working there and did some film reviews too and that's another thing when you're doing it in print sometimes the deadlines kind of make you uh right <laughs> right, right yeah. away so i'd have to you know i'd see a movie on thursday night at the at the midnight screenings and then in the morning we'd be a afternoon publication so it was morning deadline so i'd have to write the movie reviews at like 6 a.m 7 a.m uh get yeah. the reviews out there so i know deadline sometimes give me give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down yeah. right now yep. yeah yeah exactly so. Um, usually, because I, I had critique movies with mm-hmm. Kyle Gothy yep. too. Now, knowing that, I've been a filmmaker myself mm-hmm. and worked on films as a crew and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think well, me, as always critiquing films and everything, and now I do films, mm-hmm. my criticism kind of changed. Of course Absolutely. it does when you make things. Yep. But I also notice when people are showing off. Mm-hmm. When I didn't, when I never made movies before, mm-hmm. my, my example is I just critiqued Manhunter, mm. Michael Mann's Manhunter. Very easy to remember, Michael the, Mann. Man the 80s Hunt. one, yeah. right? From, 86. Um, it was also, it was like the first adaptation of, because um, I think they did Red Dragon later, right? They did. And then they, and But Manhunter was like the original version of that, right? Yep, the yep. first adaptation of the Red Dragon. Yep. But the beginning of the movie is uh, Will and Crawford mm-hmm. on a driftwood talk, exchanging. Mm-hmm. Their, and I was like... You're showing off because there's no boom mic mm-hmm. anywhere, and you scoped up to make sure you went to the sky, then went down, mm-hmm. and you kept the camera at a distance so that you know there's nothing around. There's mm-hmm. no boom mic, and you had to do the audio and post. You're showing off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. So yeah. it's one of those things, and now I notice how actually how a marvelous filmmaker he is mm-hmm. just by actually me doing it. Because yeah. I was like, God, if I did that, I would definitely have get the boom mic in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And yep. Close, close. But he actually expanded out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So when you write, what's the first thing you kind of critique? Is the themes? The- yeah. So um, so I've developed kind of um, kind of a. I don't want to give out all the secrets. Yeah. No. But- no. But um, 
one of the things I've kind of developed, and maybe it's because I um, am also a journalist. So we ha- in journalism, you have something called like an inverted pyramid um, yeah. or like an upside down pyramid where you start with the biggest things and kind of work your way down. Um, so I've kind of always kind of like to start my uh, reviews off after I do the, you know, kind of the synopsis with like, um, you know, kind of what was the narrative? What was the story? And kind of how did the themes play into that? Um, what was the messaging in that? Um, that's kind of my first yeah. approach. And then I usually follow it up with, you know, kind of what did I think of the acting? What did I think of the characters? And then I like to finish it off with my thoughts on some things that are unique to the the film. So if it's an action movie, I'm, you know, I want to talk about what was the choreography like? What was the, you know, things like that? Right. Yeah. Uh, or, um, yeah. you know, an animation movie, you know, talking about what I thought about the animation, how the animation looked, um, you know, something like, uh, you know, like I like to think of Coco uh, from a few years ago. Uh, the animated movie and I, I wanted to highlight how um, vibrant and colorful and things like that. Yeah, almost and, like candy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I want to include that. So it's it's kind of like a multi-layered process, kind of building blocks and I um, try to put it together through there and then I finish it off with a rating and um, I, you know, right from the get-go I wanted to do a five, you know, one through five scale rating. I've always kind of liked that the best. Um, you know, yeah. because sometimes, I so. sometimes I try to do, think of like, you know, I see a four star and, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you kind of get in the middle of a four scale rating and I'm yeah. like, okay, so like how much do I really like the movie? And then on the 10 scale rating, sometimes I'm thinking like, okay, um, anything below a five is, you know, how do I differentiate between a four and a three? Right. But I feel like the five scale rating is like, you know, great, good fair, poor, and bad, right? So I kind of think it's kind of a little bit easier to kind of uh, level off with the ratings on that one. I usually think uh, films that don't get successful mm-hmm. or, or get kind of poor reviews is the um, they're really not figuring out where they're winning. Mm-hmm. You can definitely manufacture something where you can... Mm-hmm. But something like a lot of scenes where it's unnecessary, a lot of mm-hmm. long takes, and maybe you're trying to hold the camera, mm-hmm. and it's just not working. So I think a lot of times when movies don't work out, mm-hmm. they're not focusing on what could actually be winning. And mm-hmm. I usually critique that film when I usually write down is where we're winning at with this mm-hmm. movie. We're winning out with the action and yeah. blowing up stuff. Yep. All right, yeah. and put that in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you have good dancing yep. or something like that. Yeah. And I think poor movies don't really emphasize where yeah. they can win. Yep. And then that's the thing, too. It's like, um, you know, how many points are you earning with me, movie? You know, how many, you know, what are you doing for me? And because I'm a guy who believes in give credit where credit is due and, you know, and call out where, you know, there are issues. So even in, in movies that I have issues with, I try to give credit where credit is due. If it some, does something right, I'm going to say it does something right um so i'm i try to be fair with that and um there are even some movies where i'll give like a high to like a 2.75 where on rotten tomatoes that would be considered rotten because anything below a three with a five scale rating is rotten right yeah um and yet at the same time i can still say this is a lot of positive things and our audience might still be interested in it if you're interested in that genre or something like that so it's not a total loss so um, I try to make, explain that and make sure that it's not just the number rating. Um, you know, each movie has benefits that you can find if you're, you know, in that in that audience. Yeah, I'm going back to Manhunter because mm-hmm. Manhunter came out. It was heavily criticized mm-hmm. as an awful movie, and people didn't appreciate it. So mm-hmm. It's like they treated like almost Miami Vice. You're just yeah. overly styled, but now people appreciate it mm-hmm. as a retrospective. Yes. Like, look at how ultimate '80s this yeah. thing is, yep. and how appreciative now. So I think a lot of times. Rightly so, that some movies can be judged harshly. Mm-hmm. 
but then we go back and like, you know, there's a lot more fun yeah. to enjoy it. There's another yep. movie like The Burning, which mm-hmm. is really like over the top, of course, campy mm-hmm. with the murders and recycled yeah. material. But now we go back like that's kind of the epitome of early 80s horror yes. and people appreciate yeah. it for what it was. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is some of the movies that you've seen so far this year? Sure. So um, I um, saw Malignant just recently. Um, it was a very um, throwback movie. It had kind of inspirations from uh, Italian Giallo uh, films. Oh, there you go. I'm going. Um, and and uh, um, which kind 80s, of started the whole you know, slasher thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, a unique murder weapon, which I was so thankful for i love seeing a unique murder you gotta weapon. have a signature murder weapon. Yes. yes yeah it looked it was great and then the third act goes off the walls it is mayhem and um and i was really happy that warner brothers kind of let james Wan do what he what he wanted to do there just have fun with it um because it was a really fun movie to watch i think if they do the right beats mm-hmm. like yeah i think even like a small like a horror movie like drag to hell had the mm-hmm. right beats like where are we gonna go with this yeah. and then it had the ending that yeah. oh yeah this is what we're gonna have yeah. yeah and you know sam raimi obviously with that one just allowed to do what he wants to do and which well, is really it was, great it was so clever because it wasn't typical sam raimi we had to yeah. wait for we're like Yep. Come on, Sam. We know. Yeah. We know you. We exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, other than that, I liked the Candyman remake. I thought the Candyman remake okay. was pretty good. Right. Um, I um, Green Knight. I really enjoyed. Um, I know that's definitely a movie that's not going to be for everybody, but I it worked for me. Um, I think it was just um, the way it was able to touch on subjects like ego and masculinity and what makes a person great. Um, I think it touched on a lot of those things and I really appreciated that. And the filmmaking is amazing. The I cinematography think if, was great. I, I think you have uh, I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. but if, from what I'm understanding is if you like, like Terrence Malick, if you have patience yes. for filming and if you really enjoy visuals, mm-hmm. this is something for you. Yes, very but much if you so. want like Spielberg where it's just like an action yeah. constantly, you're going to miss <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Till Death was one that got released only on um, on a streaming service. It has Megan Fox. And oh, really? Megan Fox gives an amazing performance in this movie. It's a survivalist uh, kind of thriller where um, she's kind of left to survive in this cold uh, cabin. And there are people after her. And the people that are after her have a history with her. And um, she's trying to survive in this cold winter environment and it's intense and she gives a great performance. Um, well, it's nice that she came back. It's so great to yeah. see that she came back. And, and, you know, because you think about, you know, kind of the history that she had and she was really unfairly, I think, uh, kind of treated in Hollywood a bit. Um, right. No, I didn't, I didn't understand the criticism for Jennifer's body. I thought that was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I loved where Jennifer's body left off to it kind of left things open for a sequel that I think would have been really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Luca on uh, Disney, uh, the new Pixar film. I adored. I think that might be one of my favorite the favorites of the year so far. Okay. Um, In the Heights was one that I really enjoyed too. Oh, the musical. Yes. Uh, yep. I seen that one. Yep. All right. Now we got the one I yeah. <laughs> yeah. see this year. Okay. In, yeah. yeah. In the Heights, I really enjoyed. I I love the choreography. There's a scene where that takes place at the pool. That is so many people, so many moving parts. Really appreciated that. They made it really busy. Yes. But it made it really plausible that yeah. it was like a almost reality based. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Very busy film. Yep. Yeah. Um, and nobody was one that was an action movie with um, 
Bob Owen, oh, Bob Owen and Kirk. Um, I've never heard of this. Okay. Yeah. So nobody was um, a film where he's like a retired special ops CIA type guy. And um, there's one night where his home gets invaded and he uh, ends up doing nothing because obviously he could have, you know, wiped these guys out easily, <laughs> but he doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah. And it, it, so he decides to like, step up and start like kind of doing a little bit of vigilante stuff. And it's, it's really fun, really well-written, really sharp humor, um, and a really fun action movie. And so those are kind of one so far in, in 2021, um, that I've liked. And of course, 2021 was kind of different, obviously, because so many movies got pushed back. Like, um, we saw me and my girlfriend saw, um, uh, the father, um, which was pushed back and all the way to 2021 in March. Was that the Anthony Hopkins? That was with Anthony Hopkins okay. won the Oscar for. Um, that came out in March, so we didn't see that one. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of um, pushed the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance Awards back a bit, too, because all these movies were coming out, like Judas and the Black Messiah came out in February, I want to say. Uh, so we kind of had to wait a bit for to get some of those types of movies, so... Yeah, I like, yeah, I did like Judas and Messiah. Yeah, it, it feel that has a little bit of those shaky cam, but almost like mm-hmm. you're a participant yeah. of the story, almost yep. like you're witnessing as it happened. Yeah, I, very clever. Yeah, and I really like about that movie. I really liked, um, you know, it's it's this interesting mix between a, a film about you know the civil rights movement and also um, kind of the biographical. Uh, story and yet it's also a crime drama at the same time and it's right. playing out like a crime drama so you have the mystery aspect you have that detective work kind of thing going on in the background which uh, just, I think the title is a little deceiving there's a lot more yeah, to it you think it's lot. just one you're gonna yep. follow one guy in a gang yeah and, yeah yeah it's very multi-layered which I really appreciated right yeah usually when I critique films if I could share um, I always what is new what am I seeing mm-hmm. that I've never seen before yes and what is the contrast do we have a contrast that's very you know, a, you know. You, of course, you have a mm-hmm. protagonist and antagonist, yep. and that's the contrast I'm looking for. But what is a kind of a contrast to that film? And mm-hmm. Judas Messiah definitely hit on the contrast. We have two different areas we're yep. going with it. Uh, yep. So it was well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so do you have any like for the because we're almost getting to fall season? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have any like top for the mid season? Um, yeah. So the ones I mentioned are kind of my main ones. Um, sure. So every year on my website, I do something called the Summer Movie Awards. Yeah. Um, because I really like giving you know movies that maybe not won't get the Oscar buzz, but still kind of deserve some attention. Uh, a couple years ago, the one I really liked um, was uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco which was a really, really good uh, art house film. Saw it at the Lagoon Cinema, um, and it was just a really beautiful story, really uh, kind of touching on a lot of subjects like gentrification uh, in San Francisco. I did like that, too. Yeah. It was almost a little bit of more, you thought it was going to be a musical, yeah. but it's almost like not a musical, but yes. a musical at the it same time. it has that vibe, yeah. Right. Um, and so that was one that I really liked, so I wanted to give that... Um, so I kind of do like a mix of like these, uh, kind of smaller films that I see during summer along with some of the ones that are like action movies and kind of giving them their credit too. So, um, so yeah, the ones I mentioned are kind of my main ones so far this year. I w I'm glad to do the summer Mm -hmm. mid mid report because Mm -hmm. a lot of movies that get up to June. Yeah. And then they critique movies at the end of the year and you kind of forget about yes. them because then yep. we get Oscar bait and yep. all that stuff in the fall. Yep. And then a lot of stuff gets over it. So I'm glad that you just, mm-hmm. okay, we're in June. What have we seen so far? Yeah. Um, and then one, one of my ones that came out a couple of years ago that I really liked that came, was a summer, 
um, mm-hmm. summer midseason was I um, I kill giants was a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a soft mm-hmm. little story about a girl imaginary she mm-hmm. kills giants. So I'm glad that you critique movies yeah. halfway through. Absolutely, yeah. and and that happens sometimes. I remember um, it was 2013, and uh, Prisoners came out with Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman, and that came out in about early August. That was an early August release, and it was phenomenal. Uh, De- uh, Denise Villeneuve, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm yeah. thinking back. It's um, very very the lighting for it was. Yeah, 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 and and it went completely off the radar during award season. Didn't get touched at all, and it was my number one movie that year. I thought it was a phenomenal film, and it didn't get picked up at all during the Oscar season. So I always <laughs> want to make sure I, I uh, you know, have those films. That, you know, I maybe... felt the same way with two thousand seven with Zodiac. That was my favorite movie of the yes. year, and it got yeah. nothing. Everybody and I think like, that I think that one came out in February too or March. So it was yeah. by the time Oscar season came around, it, it was, was like, kind of forgotten. Yeah. Oh yeah, no country yep. for old men, or there will be blood, and yep. it, it, just a lot of other movies ate yep. it up. And uh, and yep. I talked with this Kyle on our YouTube channel. You're kind of right. If it came out in 2006, it probably would have mm-hmm. gotten Best Picture. But I think so. You, you had to compete yep. with a lot of stuff. Yep. So um, that's another thing with usually with films is timing when mm-hmm. you come out. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, my favorite is like the summer of '85 was bad for movies. There mm-hmm. was no summer hits. Mm-hmm. They thought like Red Sonja was going to be a hit, and it just oh, really yeah. didn't. And Black Cauldron failed. So mm. really the only marker movie from the summer of 85 was Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. So I think timing, yep. there's, a, there's a void. Yep. Kind of fill that need. Yep. And that's why, I, of course, it's a great movie. Yep. But it's perfect timing where there's nothing else yep. you need to compete with. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's one thing that's fascinating about um, the release schedule now is um, is the spring movie period um and i wrote a, i wrote a piece about this um a couple of years ago about how the spring movie season has transformed because it used to be kind of like a dead period yeah bef- waiting for summer and then in 2000 i think it was 2007 uh 300 came out in march and it made tons of money and so studios started thinking spring looks pretty good find be yeah. the one yes of the whole vo- yeah. build the void yep right. so now you had fast and the furious gets released in spring you had um uh black panther came out a few years ago in february um and it made a ton of money so i think that um you know all, all the way dating back to 300 um you know that was yeah. when studios really started seeing uh spring as kind of like we can we can make this work and have yeah. you know give people a little bit of a, a thing to tide them over until may when the big blockbuster season starts up do you still buy movies i don't as uh, much anymore um i don't as much anymore i i will occasionally but i'm i'm so behind on my technology i still <laughs> mainly use a dvd player so i um so mainly it and especially with streaming now too i'm just you know kind of like you do get into that grind a little bit where you're seeing so many new ones all the time that you're almost having trouble keeping up but um yeah uh, st- streaming has made it so much easier to to see old ones, um, you know, and and uh, like pretty soon, for example, you know, me and my girlfriend were gonna want to watch um, uh, Citizen Kane again because she wants to watch that one with me and kind of see uh, why everybody thinks it's such a you know classic, you know. It's it it's just because everybody uses that formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we just like yep. oh, this is what it is. Well, everybody uses the formula mm-hmm. nowadays, yep. right? Yep. You bookend it and yep. Um, my favorite part of Citizen Kane is the screeching par- parrot. Mm-hmm. The cut, where like, the screeching, the parrot goes, ah! mm-hmm. and the only yeah. reason Orson put it in is because I think the film, I think the audience will fall asleep about this time, so I don't want, I want to wake them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason he put it in there. Yeah. And scene, and then all of a sudden, ah! 
it. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, did you see Mank last year? That was about kind of uh, the writer of um, Citizen Kane. Yeah, Mankiewicz. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've, I I learned a lot more than I thought about. Yeah. Because uh, I you always talk about Orson. Yep. And you don't really know the whole networking about how yeah. it even was a difficulty just yeah. to get it written. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And his struggles. Yep. Yeah. I did like Mank. Yeah. I don't think it was outrageously phenomenal but i did like that was kind of my thoughts on it too yeah yeah yep um so critiquing movies Mm -hmm. is do you do also other things to like read books or yeah so um you know movies are my number one thing um but when i you know have some time away i'm really into sports uh so sports is like my number one thing well it's good you Um, need an outlet yes it is i always think of sports as like a great escapism because you don't you can even watch it with no sound on and just kind of see the athleticism at play and um you know watching uh you know, coming home after seeing a movie, it's kind of easy to decompress with some sports on in the background. And, uh, that's really something that I really enjoy doing. Um, other than that, I am a fan of, um, beer tasting. I really like trying craft beers. I really, really enjoy watching anime now and then. Um, like one of my favorites in those is, uh, Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop. So really enjoy those. Well, you start on the right foot there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think there's actually a film documentary about craft brewing, or more than oh, really? one. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd yeah. be willing to bet, yeah. It's just a wonderful, it's one of those things that's it's yeah. like, how do I start? There's yeah. somebody out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, and yeah, Minnesota, for example, is a great example, um, because, you know, we even have a brewery in Bemidji, Bemidji Brewing. Um, when we visited the North Shore uh, earlier this year, we went to Castle Danger Brewing in uh, by the Two Harbors area. Um, you know, obviously there's shells and summit and all those things. Well, you got to get it just for the name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like a few things that kind of, you know, decompress and just kind of, uh, get away from movies occasionally. I always come running back, but you know, (laughs) it's, it's, I think you need to, especially when you critique movies Mm -hmm. because it's so seductive just to be, get sucked into that world. Yep. And then you critiqued it just on the prism of just mm-hmm. movies environments and based on what other movies mm-hmm. I saw that, yep. that you got to have to a little bit outlet. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I think that's an important thing too, is like, um, I think there's, uh, to this day, there's kind of a, I don't know if I'd say a debate, but it's a discussion about like how much of your personal experience should weigh in on your critiquing movies. Um, and I try to kind of vary that a little bit. Sometimes I, I, um, you know, sometimes I kind of back away and be like, okay, this movie is its own thing. I don't need to, you know, put in my, you know, personal experience with it. But there are other times where I think my personal experience really comes into play, especially as a journalist. Um, one thing I think of immediately is last year's, uh, I don't know, maybe it was 2019's Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo. Um, right. That was about um, Mark Ruffalo's character is a lawyer who's taking on the DuPont, DuPont company I about, yeah, about the um, forever chemicals in the water, right? Yeah. Well, in Bemidji, uh, there is uh, there are chemicals that were used in firefighting foams that are forever chemicals, and they're similar to the ones that were in uh, dark waters, um, perfluorocarbons. And these so you were kind of related. Yeah, them. and these were developed by 3M, and Bemidji, ha- the city, had to go through a whole thing of having to you know build a water treatment plant and study these forever chemicals. And I did a story talking to Minnesota Department of Health about the health impacts from these. So when I see a movie like that, I can only think 
to myself, yeah, I know exactly the type of situation that's going on here. So, right. yeah. Um, before we take a little break mm-hmm. here coming up, um, I'm going to just kind of get the tater on it. Documentaries. Do you still critique documentaries? Because there's a yeah, bunch out there. there. There are so many. It's almost over, overwhelming, you know, because right. of how many documentaries are out there. I try to um, stay up on, you know, kind of the new documentaries that are coming out. I really like documentary miniseries sometimes. That you, there's a couple that you watch together. Um, and then, of course, I also always try to see every one of the uh, Oscar-nominated documentaries. Um, try to do that every year. And I usually do like a Oscar nominee um, yeah. article on all of them, and I kind of give my thoughts on each one. Um, and there's been a few times that I've been like, um, you know, thought the Oscar should have gone to a different. Uh, I think documentary. every time, I think yeah. documentary well, like, yeah, yeah. One of them in particular, there was a year where there was a movie called um, Cartel Land, and it was a very thorough film about um, how the cartels operate, how they. Uh, kind of get involved with community politics and things like that. Um, And it was fascinating. And it didn't win that year. Uh, The documentary about Amy Winehouse won over that one. Um, So that's one example of of, uh, just a documentary, you know, feel that was just fantastic one of my 2019 my favorite was apollo the mission to mars yes and yeah. it was it was no commentary yep. there was yep. no people talking it just spliced together the events and mm-hmm. how it happened and all that like you show this yeah dragging the thing out in the, the, the launch pad the editing and was phenomenal in that movie yeah the even the though you know was, what's gonna happen yes exactly yep. <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah my god how are you gonna do this yep. yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah so that's I, I thought that was a great documentary because mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't have it opinion it wasn't like yeah. trying to change your ideas yep. or navigate you just here it is this here it is, is how it happened and yep. spice it really well yeah all right we're gonna take a little break with matt and more talking films sounds good hi this is mouse and weens and we are two sisters with the mouse and weens podcast nice and clear <laughs> come take a listen it's fun we talk about life love and pubic hair sick <laughs> and all sorts of fun family memories and stuff yeah come on <laughs> we're on all the platforms and we hope you take a listen bye bye suck it so don't wear a black Never do if I'd be back Learn from the same track The way you know Don't know where I went Can't recall the stock again Gave up my will and let it get too far And I'm feeling bad That makes me sad Let me know All right, back with Matt, Matthew, and um, not only is Matthew a film critic, but he started the Alliance. So if you want to yes. just get to talk a little bit about that, yeah. So um, the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance, I got it going last year. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing: when I first started doing this, um, obviously I saw a lot of other critic groups in other places, not just, and it wasn't just New York. LA, Boston, Chicago. It was like North Carolina had one, Nevada had one, I think even Iowa had one. And, you know, I'm thinking like, well, where's the Minnesota one, right? Exactly. Um, we have, I mean, we have a big, you know, media outlets here. We had, I mean, when City Pages was still around, Strib, High Press, I mean, we have people here that review movies and I'm thinking where is it so every you know for the first couple of years I was thinking like okay I'm wondering if someone's gonna make one and then just got every year kept going by and I'm like I would do a search and there was nothing there was nothing every year would go by it ultimately got to the point where I was like okay it's 2020 
No one else has done this yet. Um, you know what? I'm just going to do it because no one else is doing it. So I've had this idea for such a long time and no one else has done it. And um, I don't know how to run a organization or anything like that. But I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, I want to bring people together because we have a lot of creative people in this state um we do we do i think because the weather absolutely. a lot of minnesotans watch movies because yeah, the weather and stuff absolutely. Yeah, so and, well, well acclimated, acclimated and, um, to movies and i'm like we have so many we have so many um we have so many types of uh creators here you know like the horror rewind podcast um and um you know different types of websites and um Paul McGuire Grimes, who does, you know, stuff on uh, TV and, and YouTube. So I was like, we need to we need to have something to bring people together. So I just made it the Minnesota Film Critics Alliance. I didn't want to name it an association right away because of what you might have to go through to do that. So I was just like, right. The lawyers like to yeah. play with that word. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, let's just call it the Alliance. Let's bring together a group of people who talk about movies, who create content about movies and, um, and start something off. So I started and, um, you know, now we have more than 20 members, um, wide range of people. Some do video, some do just writing, um, some do podcasts. And, uh, I think it's just a really good group, you know, a lot of, uh, diversity in there, you know, we, in, you know, in terms of how long people have been writing their own experiences. Um, we have a couple, uh, a couple members who are in college um still so i mean we're just uh you know really good still in our infancy yeah right. <laughs> in, yeah and and so uh earlier this year we had our first um critics awards and um that was I, fun that was yeah it was a really good time we had a um nomadland won best picture and um we had a tie for best actor um and it was just a really good experience, and it was really cool seeing uh, other websites like uh, Next Best Picture and some other award yeah, sites. Met, uh, yep. Neglia, Met, yeah, Neglia. Neglia, yep. Yeah. And, um, and it got picked up, and so it was kind of cool seeing, you know, Minnesota film critics alongside New York, Boston, L.A. Yeah. critics groups, and just, yeah, we're, you know, we're part of the gang now, so... Uh, it's nice. Uh, Kyle and I are both members. Mm-hmm. Kyle got thing you do yep. the YouTube, and um, it's nice to know. It's nice to have some people like you. Can, well, mm-hmm. Ruth is on here too, yep. and Ruth's been a previous guest, and mm-hmm. she's been a, she's written some films also. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have different perspectives because a lot of times they're like, I didn't really enjoy this part of the movie, but yes. it's like I really enjoyed yep. this part of the movie. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, so, yeah. So I think you need a wide spectrum, yeah. a wide net to catch. Like, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. yeah, and we do. Um, you know, I try to put out a. Um, a weekly thing and I saw it, I had to add yours late because I um, you know I was I was you know because here's the thing like I put these it out was so fun. it was fun yeah and, <laughs> yeah and I put I put them out in the middle of the week so usually I, I get done covering a four-hour county uh, board meeting um, and then I'm like okay let's see what everybody's done lately and everybody has done like five reviews in the past two weeks so I have to add all them together and make sure I get everybody um, but it's it's really interesting because I get to see like all the different reviews especially like um, when a big blockbuster happens like Shang Chi just came out a couple weeks ago so everybody had a Shang Chi review all up and down the board so included all those and and uh, really just cool seeing everybody's different perspective on that 
I use um, I'm a little behind. I'm catching up on new movies. Mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd talk to you I'd, with you guys with the lines. I know what's mm-hmm. what's what's a hit, and I can you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not trying to be lazy, but I'm just so behind because no, I, I got some it. other yeah. my, my, my other projects, yep. and you know, a lot of people that I interview do movies themselves. Yep, do their own movies. Yep, and I understand after interviewing so many times, I ask mm-hmm. them, so what movies have you watching? Like, well, I'm mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I get it because when you do a movie and you're invested in making your mm-hmm. own movie for three weeks, you want to take a break. Mm-hmm. You want to watch another movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like if it. you work at a golf course all day yep. and you have a day off, do you want to go golfing? Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. Yeah. So I kind of avoid acting the pe- like actresses and people and crew. Like, have you seen this movie? Because mm-hmm. usually it's not. Usually they're so heavily invested in making mm-hmm. their own that sometimes the, what's out now, yeah. it kind of gets you know. Yes, yeah. and like I understand because I do my own comic book. Yeah, so people are like, oh, you ever read this comic book? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been eight hours a day. I'm working. Yeah. I'm making mine. I can't need a break. I need yeah. a break. Yeah. Or I don't have the time to go look or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 nice to have an alliance. It's nice to have people mm-hmm. that you can group and Absolutely. get together. So, yeah. and have a great. Great critique. I think Minnesota knows movies. I yes, really do. it absolutely does. You know, um, and this, and it was such a heartbreaker this uh, past uh, summer when to learn that the Uptown and and uh, Edina uh, theaters were I closing. I love the landmark. I uh, yeah, Uptown. And, and the, the landmark had that cranky little escalator. If you went, it had yes. like a little hiccup on it. That, I love that <laughs> thing. I, I remember my first yeah. time going to Edina and seeing it, and I walk in and I hear that little cranking of the uh, you know the escalator going up the stairs, and I'm like, that yeah. that's charming. That's and they had the authentic yes. old fashioned popcorn. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it was um, sad to see that, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, where I went to school, um, Minnesota State Moorhead has a really great film program. And I took classes in there and I met a lot of people and, and Fargo Moorhead um, is kind of a community that's on the Minnesota border. So I always kind of consider it, you know, very Minnesotan. Um, and they have the Fargo Film Festival. I know Duluth has a film festival over there in the Duluth Superior area. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, Kyle included, know a lot yep. of people that go to and went on to make movies yep, absolutely so, yeah yeah and and the twin cities i mean the twin cities is such a art hub you know and so yeah this is such a great artistic state um with a lot of creators and a lot of people who talk about you know what people are creating so yeah right and i think because it's just seasonal that you're all right it's negative 10 outside yeah. well i got a stack of movies yes. and pizza and i'll yeah. just watch these oh absolutely and, yeah um, i have to up to share I, I did my own short film last december mm-hmm. for z fest and we had Leah Koshlish as the actress, and she's from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And she wrote my script, and she go, and she came to me. She goes, "I had to watch some Coen Brother movies to understand you guys. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're you guys are weird over here." <laughs> Which I go, "Yes, we are." <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna have the. Oh yeah, we're gonna crack open a grain belt there, and uh, and have a little bit of hot dish before the Twins game. You know. <laughs> Yeah, she goes. I want reading my script. She goes. Yeah, I had to go watch Fargo to mm-hmm. get what what's funny to you guys and what's horrific. And sometimes it's both. Yeah, sometimes yeah. putting a guy to wood chipper, we're gonna <laughs> laugh at it. <laughs> but I think we are. We have a. We're acclimated to a lot of things. I think mm-hmm. we don't um, watch anything really mm-hmm. here in yeah. Minnesota. So yep. and we've seen it all. Yeah. yeah. Of course, the Coen Brothers came here. Yep. Came from here. A lot yep. of other good film film directors. Yep. And film stuff. Yeah. Um, with movies. Uh, do you always do a top 10 list? Yeah. So um, every year I do a top 10, um, top 10 best and top 10 worst list um, because, uh, you know, 
you see as many movies as I do and you see some rough ones. Um, like uh, last year, there was a Disney movie called Artemis Fowl. And um, usually what the heck is that? It, it's, it was a young, it was an attempt at making a new young adult uh, Harry Potter multi-film type thing. You said attempted. Yeah. That attempt, means. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and, and uh, my girlfriend Anna knows that like I usually don't text in the middle of movies or anything like that. But I sent her a message and is like this is I'm only an hour in and this still has like an hour to go. And it's I'm struggling <laughs> because it was so bad. So I, I have a list of, of um, you know, the bottom of the pile uh, movies that I see. And then I, of course I have my top 10 list and usually honorable mentions. Cause usually I have more than 10 that I love, but um, yeah, I do. I do two lists every year. Um, you know, my, my top 10 worst list comes out. I try to do it on new year's Eve because, you know, I kind of have my cutoff for that on December 31st. And then, usually takes a little bit longer for my top 10 list because, um, you know, being up here sometimes it takes a little longer for the movies to come out in New York and LA. And then it takes like a couple more weeks for them to come out here. And yeah, there's, usually, there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah. That people don't know. Sometimes there's a, Sometimes movies only get released for the three: yes. New York, Chicago, yep. and Los Angeles. Yep, because I think I think because I think the Oscar rules is you have to have two major markets like L.A. and New York, and as long as you release those in theaters for like two week period or something like that, they're eligible for the Oscars. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so sometimes it's we kind of miss because we're we're flyover yeah. country. Yep, we're flyover. Yeah. So they yep. Get a, get so uh, yeah, I mean, like, um, I'm trying to think of uh, like a couple movies that that come out you know like um i think of um the big short a couple years ago 2015 um the big short with uh steve carroll that was uh, a little bit of a surprise for me yeah because i thought it would be a little more just dialogue mm-hmm. but yeah. it had a punch to it like it, yeah. it was yeah and that movie really was uh really intelligent in the way they went about explaining kind of the derivatives and things like that when you have anthony bourdain show up randomly to <laughs> explain what a derivative is or something like that or i think they had margot robbie uh in there for one segment to kind of explain what uh what wall street was doing at it's that kind time. of fun when they break it up and like okay absolutely in yeah in case you forgot you are t- you are a movie yeah so yep. i, I kind of like that sometimes yeah. when they do that yep. yeah so, but I think that, that didn't come out till January. So, and then of course, um, and that of course is those movies only come out sometimes down in the Twin Cities too. Right. So I, me and Bemidji, um, there'd be days when I would, uh, it'd be like a Saturday and it might be January and we're, you know, 30 You really want to warm up your car to go? Below. Oh yeah. So, so I'd leave at, uh, you know, 6am. I'd leave at about 6am. I'd drive down here and I, like there was one weekend or one day where i went down drove down left at 6 a.m i saw um molly's game and then call me by your name in uh the twin cities here i think at uh in uptown area yeah and then after that i left and drove to st cloud um because it's on my way back and i stopped and i saw uh the shape of water and darkest hour which was about the winston churchill movie yes yeah and then uh so and then i left from there and i got home at about 1 30 a.m um, and then uh, next day went and reviewed those movies. So I think all the movies you listed understand the reason why Molly's game kind of got pushed down to because I thought mm-hmm. it was really well written mm-hmm. script. You know, of course it's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, so you get yeah. a lot of, but it played on the Crucible inside mm-hmm. the story. If you get about yeah. the Crucible, and then so Aaron knows how to do subplots very well. Mm-hmm. But also, what are we referencing the, a movie? inside this movie mm-hmm. he's very clever at doing that mm-hmm. as well so yeah yeah and i think social network was one of the best movies too that was a yeah amazingly well written of course yeah. 
everybody know how to act in the movie. Yep. The acting was good. So, yep. um, yeah, when you get when you see Aaron Sorkin, it's like, yeah. I'm going to go see it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, it's right around that Oscar time of year. So I was like, okay, I got to see these movies. So I'm just going to drive down there, see them all, you know. And <laughs> that makes you committed. Yeah. That's, we're just <laughs> emphasizing that you like movies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you still enjoy movies going to theater or absolutely i i you know i um i've always been a a big fan of the theater i remember a few more than a few it's been more than a decade now but back in 2009 um i had a family member who was in the hospital um you know and they were recovering by a certain point but like i was like i need to go to a theater i need to cool off and just zone out and just you know, be in a nice place that's comfortable for me, and that's the theater. So I went over there. That was in Duluth, so I went to the Duluth Theater. That's right on the right on the harbor, um, overlooking the Lake Superior in Duluth. So went to the theater there, and and just uh, you know, kind of felt comfortable. It's it's such a great place, and um, you know, obviously over the past year, it's been tough with COVID and all the rules and things like that. But um, the theater, the theater experience in general, I love. I, I I appreciate every time I go to a theater and see a movie. It's uh, I, there's nothing like it. I yeah. think. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy. I find when I was in college, I got to see North by Northwest in a the theater, mm, and that's far is. more better. I, yeah. I still love the movie. I got a yeah. copy of it. And you can turn off all the lights and be at home mm-hmm. and watch it, but it still doesn't match. It doesn't seeing yeah. it on, in the movie theater. Yeah, and he's like, "This is great." Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned Duluth, and Duluth mm-hmm. is now. I, I know we're a worldwide podcast, but mm-hmm. Duluth is a hotbed for filmmakers. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, credits, yep. tax credits, and now they have Catalyst Stories, which mm-hmm. is like kind of a workshop networking yeah. promotion to get your if you're a nobody and think you have a great idea for a story mm-hmm. catalyst just shows you how to get the steps and get involved mm-hmm. and you know they want to develop i think they even have a workshop happening in a couple of weeks of mm. how you do series mm-hmm. and write for series how do you do sell your products and all that stuff so duluth is now becoming a hotbed for mm-hmm. filmmakers very nice and i know a lot of people who intentionally left the twin cities to go up there and start making movies that's a great place to to be at and you got the north shore up there and like superior is beautiful so you can't really blame them right right and it's on the hill so you're gonna yep. test your brakes parking yeah <laughs> yes yeah that too yes yeah especially in the winter yep. right are we going to stop i don't know yeah right yeah yep. but i duluth is now becoming one of the hotbeds uh it was for a while atlanta mm-hmm. georgia mm-hmm. for animation yep and filming and everything i think tyler perry even has got bought a lot in georgia to yeah. make movies yeah so i know that was a while and i know for a while austin texas was kind of a bit of it too because um uh, who's is it richard rodriguez i think it might be from the austin area yeah. um but i know some filmmakers really started using austin a bit too to to shoot some of their movies and um you know austin obviously has south by southwest and things like that and so now they do movie festivals yep. part of the it used to be music but now they yep. do for movies yeah so. So um, there's a lot of good avenues to do short films mm-hmm. and do feature films. A lot yeah. of plays, and uh, we had Kelly Lampier Dash, and she's been a film producer mm-hmm. and writer. And she, and I think she was right. Your movie doesn't work well in some places. Might work really well in some other areas. Mm-hmm. You know, like a slasher movie might work really well here in Minnesota yeah. instead of in like in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, 
it's a hard thing too. It's also kind of a skill of where you send your movie to mm-hmm. get critiqued as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, and like time, we say timing and sometimes in the right spot mm-hmm. definitely works. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you you think back of um, what uh, Kevin Smith did with Clerks and um, when Clerks first came out, I mean, that was very low budget and um, I think it just yeah. hit at the right time and it got picked up in the festival circuit and yeah. a lot of critics saw it and started promoting it and that's how it gained traction. Um, so, I think that's a, just an example of how something can, you know, uh, lightning out a bottle almost that it's, you know, it can strike and it, yeah, it was fit that hole because we're getting right in the middle of that was like disaster movies yes. and big yep. swooping epics yep. and all these colors and everything. Here's yep. this stark black and white yeah. about kids just want to play hockey. Yep. Which is kind of nice. And I think that worked. That was effective for the last picture show. Even mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Came out in 71. But right in the time where everybody's doing psychedelic mm-hmm. movies and yeah. You know, French New Wave yeah. and all that stuff. And here's this black and white movie with no, hardly any extras and mm-hmm. just an isolated talking about the old days. So, yep. Um, do you have a personal favorite list of movies? Yeah. So I have a, I have you a, do? I have quite a few. Yeah. I mean, right. I have, um, I mean, it, it, it extends for a while, but I mean, uh, I obviously am a Hitchcock fan. So Rear Window, North by Northwest, Vertigo, Psycho are all in there. Um you know, I've got. He did um, like flowers, didn't he? Mm, yes. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, 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 I always get a kick when he watched To Catch a Thief, mm-hmm. and then Cary Grant's running through yeah. the uh, France, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he goes and they're selling flowers, and the flowers. Yeah. Is, of course, it's yeah. Hitchcock. We have and uh, of course, you see something in film school that you end up loving. Like I really like the Bicycle Thieves uh, from the Italian uh, '40s. Um, there's a uh, Stagecoach. Um, uh, Grips of Wrath, um, Metropolis, uh, all really good. Um, I always say the Godfathers I are always just so great because watching the Godfather and the Godfather Two um, are almost like a, more than just viewing. It's it's like an experience. It is like an odyssey that you go through um, of all these things that are happening and coming into play. Um, all, you know that there's a yeah. lot of things you can really credit and appreciate for Godfather, mm-hmm. but actually being a writer, it's one of the best dialogue written yes. films. Yeah. Yep. Even dancing around exposition, but it's mm-hmm. still one of the best dialogue written yeah. films. Yeah. Yep. And then um, obviously, I include uh, some horrors in there: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Night of the Living Dead, the original Night of the Living Dead. I I think is such a brilliant film um and i just love the story of how he shot uh, george romero shot that movie and then i think it like the night after they were done or something like that they put it in the back of their car and just drove it to the closest theater they could to screen it for the first time i think the same thing happened yeah. for texas i think they filmed it and put yeah. it in the back of the truck and try to sell it in yeah. la yeah. yeah yeah and 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 my favorite yeah. shot if i can share mm-hmm. is yeah. from texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. my favorite is that low craning shot of her with yes. a no back yep yeah. walking to the house yeah which like what are you doing yeah well we and we we studied that shot in, in film it's a fabulous too shot. because we um because it's like the house is filmed in such a way that it's like towering almost mm-hmm. like coming at you um you know because it's such and a then low you angle get cringy because she's her back's exposed yes, like, exactly uh, yeah and then yeah. we now we know why yep right? yeah. yeah it's a it's um, but it's one of the greatest entrances, Leatherface. Oh my goodness, with the it's so good. And you know the thing about that is, um, today um, I think a lot of times today something like that would be a very hyped up jump scare, right? Mm-hmm. But it but that film is very quiet. He just stumbles, and Leatherface is just there. It's not like a 
huge noise. It's just it kind of pans up, and yeah. there he is, right? And and it's, it's such a great reveal. And um, yeah, and of course, I think you, people would just like yeah, zoom like, shock, right? And said like Toby actually takes his time to yep. look up to the person, yeah, and then the sound, yep, and then he then the sliding door, door. yep. Like yeah. that's all you need to see from now. It's like, yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And and of course you read about that movie and how the conditions kind of enhanced it because the shooting it in the middle of this house in the hundred some degree heat of Texas with all this uh, rotting props and people are going crazy in the in yeah. the actual dinner scene. So yeah, it's it's uh, I watch it every Halloween. How he how does he doesn't chainsaw the cinematographer at the end? I I, I, I still watch it like <laughs> yeah, you guys are. Yeah. yeah, and uh, against the, the rising sun too. It's it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm biased, you know, so I, I include you know journalism movies like All the President's Men and Spotlight on there. Um, you know, obviously I'm a journalist, so those kind of hit me a different way. Um, but it's different diff- journalism between Zodiac. Yeah. Zodiac is almost like like yeah. the office space is almost desolate. Yeah, and and it's yeah, like the, and, it's almost like a metaphor of like the environment, like. This is yeah. happening, and there's no way yep. around it. But and all of the present men, there's such a chaos mm-hmm. around the business. Like, yeah, you're forgetting this. It's almost like you should, you could miss this. Yeah. There's so much activity, yep. like you could miss. Yeah, because you're picking up the phone, you're setting it down, and we have days like that, you know, where there's uh, so many things happening. You know, like when, for example, we've had days when there's been missing persons cases or something big is happening in town. So the, you know, we're making calls constantly and doing you know, doing different things, trying to check sources and yeah, it gets, it gets a little hectic there sometimes. Journalism is the great job in noirs. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> if you have a journal, if you have a noir and have a journalist in it, yeah, it's going to be good. Yep. Um, yeah. And then as you know, kind of looking in the, uh, nineties, I, um, you know, I, I love Silence of the Lambs. I love Tombstone. Um, I think Tombstone is one of my favorite westerns, just because of how much fun it is and and how uh, great Van, Val Kilmer is as Doc Holliday. Um, and um, the person who directed it is son Panos. Yes, Panos Kamatos, mm-hmm. who did uh, the Black Rainbow. Mm-hmm. I think it was, and then Mandy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then um, you know, I I there are some ones that like Apollo thirteen. I I think is is um uh is Ron Howard's best film. Um I think it's I just love that movie. Um I think it just is so uh you know the way they make it understandable for viewers of what was going on and um but at the same time it's it's like it's very inspirational and and just very uplifting and kind of this yeah. uh idea of like the human ingenuity in these times of crisis and how to how to solve problems, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think Ron gets a little not, unappreciated how actually good I think he so. did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Hell, I even like Rush, and that did yep. get a, a lot of accolades, yeah. and I can still go back and watch it. And then, um, yeah, I um, from this last decade, I'd say um, Drive 2011 with Ryan Gosling. Um, one of the best intros it's so good the music and the how it's shot and um, and I love how that movie ends I think it's so brilliant how this movie ends with um, you kind of think of like um, 
heroes, the classic idea of heroes riding off into the sunset, yeah. you know, and here he is at the end of the movie driving off into the darkness. Um, and so he's yeah. done a good thing, but he still has this kind of darkness around him. And that's why he, the end of the movie is him driving off into the dark. And I think that was just a great way to end it. It's got a great story, but also have fantastic stunts involved. Yes. Cars, but yep. also the shotgun through the window yes. is one of the best. Yeah. That's like a horror movie oh stunt. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then some others in, in the in the last decade. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis, I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed, I was a fan of Birdman. I know it's, you know, every movie that kind of wins Best Picture kind of becomes divisive a little bit, I think, um, over the years since it does. But yeah. um, but I, I really liked Birdman. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really um, just in such an interesting way to do a movie. Um, and I like the energy that uh, Edward Norton brings to his role. That's kind of, uh, he's a little manic in the way he's is in that movie. So Yeah, and I, me being a drummer, I do like the... Mm-hmm. The yes. temp, oh, the temp, yep. And then it's almost like being in a birdhouse, if you want it. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. the theater yep. where they film it. It's almost like a birdhouse. Mm-hmm. And Emma's, of course, Emma's eyes almost like a bird. Yeah. She's talking about, you don't even yep. tweet anymore. Yep. Yeah. And then they got Ed Norton up there, almost like they're birds. Mm-hmm. How yeah. they stand and talk yep. and look down on the world. And, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's yep. very metaphorical that I think pe- turns off people a little bit time, mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Time. And then um, more, a little more recently, Moonlight, I really enjoyed. Um, I thought that was a such a beautiful film and um i love the way they did three parts of a person's life and um well it's it's poetry emotion it is it it really is and uh such beautiful acting and and such a interesting concept of a person trying to find out who they are and try to be who they are um and finally getting that at the at the conclusion of the film is really beautiful. I did like it because it's a, it, yeah, more than liked. It, I really loved it because it's it's simple filming. Mm-hmm. You know, a yeah. lot of films have to be busy. Yeah, we talked about films that have to be busy, but that is that is a lot yeah. of simplest simplest. Yep. Even the you, diner scene yeah. is just them in the diner. Yeah. Conversation. You think about that first shot of the whole movie. I think is just like on a kind of an empty street where um I think it starts with uh actually Maharshal. <laughs> say his name now um mashallah Allah. yeah yep and um Ali. yep and he it's just like him on an empty street and he's just crossing the street and it's such a simple thing but it it there's something kind of inviting and and just um simplistic about it that you're like okay let's see where this is going i want to know you know what's going to happen here so it really invites you in okay. and then um last year what was interesting was and i don't know how it didn't get picked up for the oscars um but portrait of a lady on fire came out and i saw it eventually when it came out in 2020 it was originally 2019 film and um i adored how that movie looked i loved the slow burn pace of it um the relationship between the two main characters was beautiful and um yeah i I, that was one of my dress yeah it's green and about a Mm-hmm. identity and all that stuff yeah we critiqued it for carl nick on film mm-hmm. so if you want to know my critique on it and yeah i don't want to bore anybody but <laughs> i have to say that ending mm-hmm. if a man, i know how a man would end it mm-hmm. and that ending is perfect yes and it's of course yeah. it's a woman it's a feminist story mm-hmm. but i told kyle i know a, i know where guys would end it and mm-hmm. then it continue on a little bit and made it even a better movie mm-hmm. yeah so yeah even the dress when she wears it doesn't really fit her very well yeah. it's like she's going to it's like she's auditioning for something that's not going to fit yeah. her yep and it's very overbearing yeah. yeah but it's it's tricky simple filming yeah like it really about is moonlighting because yep. there's not a lot of props around there isn't yeah it's it's a um 
and it's oh my god it's bright yeah it and in the where they shot it the location of it even adds to it you know that that um that beautiful area they're in even in enhances it too I always say it's the complete opposite of the lighthouse. <laughs> oh man, because <laughs> lighthouse is two dudes in black and yes. white, and it's yeah. a horror movie, and yeah, yeah. And and I, I portrait Lady Fire. It's an yeah. island. Well, yep. maybe it is an island, but it's two women, or yeah. and it's a love story. It's complete opposite. Yeah, um, yeah. The lighthouse was so good too. I that was so uh, twisted and and just weird and going in so many different places mm-hmm. and it makes you wonder like it makes you wonder how long have they been there is this a time loop situation where yeah. like uh, the same month keeps restarting um then they gotta fight the environment yes yeah. is it is there is there a supernatural element here or is it just the environment it's it's so uh, just weird and and fascinating and and yeah, yeah. My favorite part is when they, they stand still mm-hmm. and let the wind blow. Now, it's almost like they're taking a picture. Like, mm-hmm. remember us before anything yes. else transpired. Yeah. So, I'm like, they're like an old-fashioned photography. Yeah. They just stand, you know, Robert and Willem yep. just stand there. Like, just remember how we are before yeah. we get deeper yes. involved into the story. Yeah. 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 And pigeons. Beware of pigeons. Yes. <laughs> well... Matthew, thanks mm-hmm. for coming, man. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I know it's kind of like we've only been doing this for an hour. We I know we could go on forever. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So definitely, we'd love to have to come back. Absolutely. Uh, talk, yep. Just talk movies and have a good time. Absolutely. Um, so thanks for coming. Uh, once again, plug uh, how you, people can find reviews before sure. we go. Yep. Uh, so Matthew Lidke on Film dot com, and I'm at Matthew Lidke on Twitter. And then if you search Matthew Lidke on Film on Facebook, you can also find me there. How can they find the film critics, Minnesota Film Critics oh, Alliance? Sure. So um, uh, on Twitter, it's MN Critics, um, and then it's uh, Minnesota Film Critics Alliance. Uh, you should just be able to search it and find it right away. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's also on WordPress, um, which is where I have built my website too. So both sites are on WordPress. Yep. Well, thanks for starting the alliance. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having yeah, me as course. a member. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, a lot. Um, Matthew. As you know, it's not over till the guests say it's over. It is over. There we go.